they have a hundred million dollars in cap space. So if they don't spend a lot of it, it's insane to me. It's insane. The team stinks. And yeah, they gotta spend at least two thirds of it. They yeah, gotta would, spend a lot. I would think so. And I I try you don't want to get in the habit of being the team that spends the most in free agency. That doesn't lead to a lot of success. The Jets used to do that. The Raiders have done that. The when they were the Redskins, they were famous for it. They would have these massive off seasons, and you didn't even look at it and be like, "Man, that's going to be pretty good." Like I like all those guys, and then crap, or you you know you jump up a few wins for one year, and then you go right back down. Like it's not sustainable. And the Patriots kind of did that too here recently, even though they've been towards the bottom of the league in cash spending in 2021. That was a pretty significant off season. With now most of these guys were misses. But they were aggressive the first couple of days. They went Hunter Henry, uh, Jonu Smith, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, Matt Judon, Jalen Mills. I think a couple other guys. Like it was, it was nonstop. It was great. And they did. They did get a boost. They went from whatever they were, what eight and nine in the Cam Newton year, and then ten and seven the next year. So they grabbed a couple of wins, got into the playoffs. But then. Most of those guys were misses. Then the you know the, you combine that with some bad drafts, and boom! Now you're staring at a four win season, which is what they're they're coming off of. But when you have a hundred million and your roster is the pits, I don't know what Elliot Wolf was talking about the other week or earlier this week when he said, "Yeah, we could spend or save, like save it." That now just because you have a hundred million in cap space doesn't mean that you go right up to it and then also commit to so many more years and you know pay all these guys long term and all this guaranteed money. No no no. Not saying you gotta be like a, a maniac. What's gonna happen? I'm gonna spend half of it on a house and then I'm gonna <laughs> put it away in the bank so that yeah. I can buy an even better house. Yeah, I guess that's what they're planning on doing is they're they're gonna put it in like a high yield savings account and then in two years it's like no 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 you still you still have to work within the parameters of the league. That hundred million will be two hundred by next year. That's why am I crazy to say you can you can outbid everybody for Baker Mayfield. It sounds like if it. that's what you want to do, you could you could do that. The other teams right now that appear to be interested in Baker Mayfield are the Tampa Bay Bucks, uh, just keeping them, and then the other rumor is the Atlanta Falcons. Now the Falcons are also the favorite to trade for Justin Fields. So it seems like after multiple years of swinging and missing on quarterbacks, not even that high. Like Desmond Ritter was a, a third round pick. They tried bringing in Marcus Mariota, like. They've drafted other positions and ignored quarterback. Now it looks like they might be going in after one of those two guys because they're also not drafting as high as the Patriots are. So they think it, maybe it's easier to get one of those guys. And they're guys not going to waste. What are, what are they, like ninth in the draft? They're Something not like They're that. not going to waste Eight, that on like any other quarter because basically from what every draft prospect is saying, you got Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jane Daniels, and then the gap is huge to – Whoever's next, whether it's like J.J. McCarthy, Penix, or Bowman, right. whoever that is. And I think McCarthy kind of stinks, but he is flying up draft boards, and quarterbacks always get overdrafted. Mac Jones, go back to 2021, by no means should have been the 15th pick in the draft. And, you know, he certainly outplayed guys like Wilson, and, you know, Trey Lance didn't even play. So his rookie year, I'm not saying he didn't outplay it, but going into that draft, as good as Alabama was, I don't think people are really looking at him as a first-round pick. And then... You get crazy. You have all this downtime. You have the combine. You have a pro day. You have interviews. You, I mean, they haven't played a game in months and months and months, and yet guys go flying up the draft board, flying down the draft board. So, yeah, the Falcons pick at eight, and 
they were one of the teams rumored too to also maybe they trade up to three. There's gonna be a lot of teams in that area that would want to trade up to three, get that third quarterback from the Patriots. But I think the Patriots should also be in on both Baker Mayfield and Justin Fields. Sort of balance that. Be like, all right, if you can take Marvin Harrison Jr. at three, what do you have to give up? It would just be money for Mayfield. That's another reason why, to me, it's so intriguing. And I think he's good. Like, I'm not just like, oh, he's a free agent. I think he's really good. Uh, I think bouncing around to a couple of teams has, you know, he could be the... uh, I mean, maybe he's just the new Baker Mayfield, right? But Geno Smith kind of stunk for a little bit and then had a had a couple of good years with Seattle. Ryan Tannehill was bad in, in Miami and then was pretty good in Tennessee. Now, don't get me wrong. If you bring in Baker Mayfield, you're hoping that he's going to be a lot better than those two guys. But it's funny. He even talked about when he went to the Rams for like a hot second uh, two years ago, like Sean McVay kind of gave him his confidence back and he and he was able to use that for this season in Tampa Bay. So he's had multiple good years. He was good as a rookie. He was good his first year under Alex Van Pelt, and they won a playoff game. People kind of ignore that. He beat Pittsburgh in the playoffs with the Browns in 2020. And then this year, he I know it wasn't a great division, but he won the division with the Tampa Bay Bucks. Yeah, I'm just like you. I'm a big fan of Baker I Mayfield, and I always, always, I always blame the situation for like his struggles more so than him. Like, yeah, he's had some bad years, but like. Um, his first year after the they made the playoffs in Cleveland, he had a shoulder problem. Then they have the whole situation with Deshaun Watson. Then you throw him in Carolina, he gets signed at the last minute. Yeah, Go to nice. L.A., it's at the last minute. So it's like you give him st- some stability and you give him some weapons, he can be a good quarterback. And he's had like a million coaches. He, he played for Hugh Jackson. Like what chance did he have playing for Hugh Jackson? Then he played for Freddie Kitchens. Freddie Kitchens was his head coach. And then they got in Kevin Stefanski, who is like a real head coach. But it took him a while to get that. And then, like you said, it was sort of hot potato. He's on all these different teams. So at this point, you know, I think he's probably grown up. I think he can be your your franchise quarterback. It, like, Joe, you and I are, are probably higher on him than, than most are. But because you have so much freaking money, and it seems like some of these receivers aren't going to be able to, to – you know, T. Higgins got franchised by Cincinnati – Tampa Bay is probably going to try to bring back Mike Evans. You know, where Michael Pittman, it seems like the Colts are going to make that a priority. So where do you where do you really turn? There are a couple of other options out there. Uh Mike Giardi actually was on NBC Sports Boston and he mentioned a guy who I also like quite a bit. I think Ridley's the best of the bunch. You know, Mike Evans is going to be out there as well, it seems like, but Mike Evans 31 had a lot of drops this year. Ridley coming off the suspension. Had some moments this year where he didn't look totally cohesive with, with Trevor Lawrence in that offense, but I think the upside's there when you watch his tape. His tape still looks really good. Like, he would change their offense. He immediately gives the defense, for the first time in like three years, someone that they say when they're defending the Patriots, we have to shade the safety over here. We can't let this guy go one-on-one with our corner. All right, so Calvin Ridley, he's talking about, of course, suspended after he was betting on football with the Falcons, former first-round pick. And then was in Jacksonville. I did think he was going to be better this year in Jacksonville than he was, but he didn't play for a full year, and he had his moments. But that's definitely the guy I would take. He's probably that fourth-best receiver in free agency. And then I think it kind of drops after that. It's guys like uh, Hollywood Brown. So I would take Calvin Ridley. And if they don't want to pay top dollar, that's the first guy you go get. Yeah, and let's let's dream a little dream here. What if you sign Baker Mayfield and you sign Calvin Ridley – 
You draft Marvin Harrison Jr., and then you can go tackle-tackle in the second, third round if you want. That seems like an ideal scenario. It's a good, that's a pretty good team, I think. That's what's crazy is that there's so many options. They can get go down so many yeah. avenues. It's yeah. trying to find the right one. Oh, I know. And, and the it, right combination. It's like trying to solve a Rubik's Cube. It kind of is. It also was curious to me is a lot of these top quarterbacks – at the combine aren't throwing and, and they're not running and, and whatever. Like that, that part's not curious, but they are doing the interviews and the Patriots have interviewed all of the top guys so far. They interviewed Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels. Then they also went down the next level and interviewed J.J. McCarthy and Bo Nix. They did not interview Michael Penix, which is Really odd to me, only because isn't he right in that group with those guys? I would I would put Penix like sort of sandwiched in between. Like it would be Bo Nix, uh, Penix, and then JJ McCarthy. Yeah, yeah. I don't like McCarthy either. McCarthy's probably fourth quarterback on most boards. I would have him like sixth or seventh. But either way, Penix was really good. Kind of like McCarthy, they were really good in the uh, uh, college football semifinal. I mean, you can be a good quarterback, though, when you got the best running back in the nation in Blake Corum. Well, I mean, that's also kind of like the Mac Jones thing. Like, his team was just so loaded, and then he got kind of propped up for that. I read a story that uh, McCarthy was going to, in his interviews, kind of hype up the fact that he won a lot of games. I was like, like, okay. look at what we did last year, huh? Like, you know who won a lot of games was, like, uh, Kellen Moore and Colt McCoy and David Green. Like, a lot of guys have won a lot of games. Ken Dorsey won a million games. Tim Tebow won a lot of games. Tim Tebow won a lot of games. He was nasty, though. He was so good. Obviously didn't really uh, translate at the old next level, but... He was great. Yeah, but I just thought that was odd because it seems like there's the top three quarterbacks, then there's like the next three quarterbacks, and then there's like, all right, pick whoever you want out of that pile. But Penix is in there, and they didn't interview him. Seems very strange to me because I think you could make a case that he's the fourth best, fifth best, sixth best, whatever, but they decided not to. Now, if they do go the Knicks or McCarthy route, that's obviously not going to be with the number three pick. That would be either them trading down from three or maybe trading up from 34. Because in a, in, in a perfect world, or in like a real world where teams don't go crazy for the quarterback, Bo Nix probably would be the 34th pick in the draft. But I think they're all going to get a little bit overdrafted. There'll probably be five guys, maybe even six, going in the first round. So they're going to have to be ready to, to move up for that. But going back to, they cut J.C. Jackson, they have all this money to spend, and then... Elliot Wolf and Gerard Mayo are both kind of walking it back. And I'm like, well, why? To to what end? You didn't say like who you were going to spend it on. You're one of the worst teams, and you have either what is it, the most cap space or like up there the most cap space? What's the argument for not spending it? What would you say? Would you like lean back and be like, no, 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 save it? Because it's one of those things too where if people don't like the free agent class, or yeah, they do don't they know like, something about next year's free agency I don't know. class that we don't? Well, that's the other thing. Is like, I, I hate the mindset of like, oh, this free agency class sucks and this draft sucks. It's like, all right, so the next one's good. No, 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 that one sucks too. It's like, so you just you hate all the free agency and draft classes. You only like the sure things. Well, guess what? The sure things aren't available. Let me know when Patrick Mahomes is a free agent. Let me know when these guys just like hit the open market. Like the crazy thing with Tom Brady when he was a free agent was like all that had to happen. Plus, he was twenty years in the in the league. But for the most part, if you're a really good player, you see it. They, they're they not just going to walk for nothing. 
That's why, you know, especially when there's franchise tags available and, and everything else. So this uh, free agency class, I feel like, is decent. You know, you got a couple of good corners and secondary guys. You have those top-end wide receivers. You got a bunch of – you have a million running backs, as the whole league now doesn't care. They just spit on running backs. They don't care. But they're all available. If you want to add one to pair with Ramondre Stevenson, they're all available. You also have Kirk Cousins and Russell Wilson. Oh, actually, you don't have Russell Wilson yet, but I, we all assume Russell Wilson. We know where it's going. Yeah. You have Kirk Cousins anyway uh, and Baker Mayfield. So I, I mean, wouldn't call the quarterback class strong. It's like It's not great. No, but I think – when you factor in that uh, Russell Wilson and Justin Fields will get traded combined with Mayfield and Wilson, that's, you know, four starters anyway. So, yeah, there's been years better, but it's not like there's zero guys and it's only I think only you used the perfect word, decent. Not yeah, the decent. Gra- it's not no. the greatest class, no. but it's not the worst. But that's also what you hear about the draft class is people look at the quarterbacks and they're like, well, no, you can't trust any of these guys. It's like, well, that's kind of, well, especially after 2021, no one's going to say this is the most loaded draft class ever. No No one's saying that anymore. No, you can't. And yeah. Okay. So you're, you're afraid you're going to look stupid if you really like one of these quarterbacks. Like that was one of my arguments uh, earlier in the week. I forget if we're talking with Fitzy or with Hart about it is I think it was Hart. You're like, you you gotta, you gotta go out there and, and take a swing at it. Especially if you're the Patriots, who knows how often you're going to be picking third overall in a draft where three quarterbacks aren't like a stretch to go one, two, three. Yeah, that's why I told Chime a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. It's better to swing at the third strike than sit there with the bat in your shoulder 100%. and take strike three. Yeah, right, right. You got you to be in there. Who knows? It could be good. We were talking about the 2020 draft where the first five quarterbacks taken in the draft are all really good. Like you'd want all five of those guys. It was... Uh, Burrow, Tua, Herbert, Jordan Love, Jalen Hurts. So everybody's so quick to point out, like, oh, well, Trey Lance and Zach Wilson and Mac Jones suck. It's like, okay. But those five guys are all really good. And, like, identify the one that you think is going to be really good. That That's your job to do it. Like, you're if you're Elliot Wolf, that's exactly what your job is. And then when you get that guy, whoever it is, it's now Alex Van Pelt's job to coach him up and kind of – figure out a way to, to use that guy the, the best way possible. But, yeah, I, I hate the mindset of don't even try it. What if you get burned? It's like, yeah, you might get burned. Or you might get a franchise quarterback, and you draft that guy, you have him cheap for a few years, and then you're going to have to pay him because that's the nature of uh, the position, and you kind of go from there. Uh, but, yeah, word out of uh, the combine today also was that Caleb Williams wasn't going to, I guess, release his medicals to every team which is sort of a strange thing. You don't hear that really ever at the Combine. I am trying so hard to like stay on this Caleb Williams sort of yeah. train of like he's if m- he falls to go get him, but it's like there's he's so much. Yeah, he, yeah, he's making it hard. He's making it super tough, but it's intriguing to me because the Patriots are picking at three. Do enough of these things, are they are they big enough red flags where the Bears and or the Commanders are like, mm, we'll just take Drake May or we'll just take Jaden Daniels? I feel like those franchises, they're a little bit in disarray. They would be totally fine with picking him up and being like, oh, if he's got some baggage, might as well just ride it out with him and hope for the best. Well, one of the baggage was that r- rumor that was going around. You don't know if it was uh, like a real thing or not that he didn't even want to play for the bears now they have to kind of figure that out and then like his dad called colin cowherd and was like no he would play for the bears and i'm like oh my god 
If your dad has to call a national radio show to like clarify something, like what are we? What is that? What are we doing? Although I would still take Caleb Williams. I, if he if he falls to three, I would I would absolutely take. I would run up to the the podium and I would take Caleb Williams and then try to figure the rest out from there. All right, how are you spending the Patriots one hundred million dollars in cap space? There's a lot of different options here. What is the best option this offseason for the Pats? Because free agency begins in less than two weeks. I think it's the 13th, right? It gets going uh, in the Wednesday, the 13th in the afternoon. So pretty soon they're I'm not getting... expecting, though, a big explosion of signings. Probably not. Comes. Probably not. But they probably, ha- they'd probably give it about a week or so. They got no, they got to do something early because you're going to miss out on some of the guys if you if you don't. And then we can really start to judge uh, Elliot Wolf and uh, this new look Patriots front office. But feel free to uh, weigh in here throughout the evening at 617-779-7937. We've already talked Sox. We've already talked Patriots. I also want to add the Bruins to the mix as well as they actually got a regulation win last night. So we'll get to all that with you guys coming up on the Rich Keefe Show here on WEEI. I'm 